Thanks for joining us today. I'm Scott Hecker, Senior Counsel in CIFARTH's DC office, and this is the Policy Matters Podcast. On today's episode, Labor Pains, Vaccine Mandates Among Unionized Workforces, we're thrilled to have Ashley Kano join us to discuss a topic on everyone's minds, vaccine mandates. Ashley is a partner in our Chicago office who counsels employers on a wide spectrum of labor relations matters. She's been leveraging her expertise to advise employers throughout the COVID-19 pandemic on labor law matters, including sharing the webinar stage with me on occasion. Ashley, thanks so much for joining us, and congrats on your other labor-related news. You'll be welcoming a new addition to your family soon. Thanks so much, Scott. Um, I actually laughed quite a bit when you came up with the title for today's podcast. I have a feeling that the labor pains associated with having a baby are going to be a lot worse than anything we'll encounter in the labor laws that applies to the mandatory vaccination space, but I guess you never know. Yeah, hopefully you're both okay, both you and (laughs) the space here. But it's also interestingly the Friday leading into Labor Day weekend. So, you know, all of this is coming together at just a serendipitous time, I think. As you know, the FDA issued full approval for Pfizer's vaccine recently. It's now known as Comirnaty. That was on Monday, August 23rd. And this is likely going to spur, I think, even more vaccine mandates by employers. How might that NLRA be implicated when employers implement vaccine mandates? Yeah, so there are a couple of points to keep in mind here. First, and this is relevant for both unionized and non-unionized employers, Section 7 of the National Labor Relations Act protects employees' rights to join together to advance their interests as employees. And it's unlawful for an employer to interfere with or restrain employees in the exercise of those rights. So if employees join together to protest an employer's vaccine mandate and the employer takes adverse action against those employees as a result, it could lead to unfair labor practice charges being filed against the employer with the National Labor Relations Board. Second, for unionized employers, the NLRA imposes on the employer a duty to bargain in good faith with their employees' union representatives. So this includes a duty to not make certain changes to employees' working conditions or other mandatory subjects of bargaining without first negotiating with the union to agreement or overall impasse, unless the union has waived its right to bargain over such changes. So a vaccine mandate is almost certainly a mandatory subject of bargaining because it directly affects employees' terms and conditions of employment. So as a result, unless the union has waived its right to bargain over such mandates, unionized employers are required to bargain in good faith with the applicable unions over such mandates and either reach agreement or impasse with the union before implementing those mandates. And if an employer fails to do so, it will likely lead to the union filing unfair labor practice charges with the NLRB and or filing agreements and pursuing them to arbitration. I think it also bears noting that whether impasse has truly been reached is a very fact-intensive inquiry and can sometimes be pretty difficult to prove. And then another point worth noting is that if applicable cities, states, or other government entities require employees to be vaccinated, the employer still has to bargain with the union about the implementation of the mandate, although it'll generally be easier to reach an impasse in those situations. Got it. You mentioned the issue of waiver. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. So if the applicable collective bargaining agreement contains language whereby the union clearly and unmistakably waived its right to bargain over workplace policies that would include a vaccine mandate, then there wouldn't be an obligation to bargain with the union before implementing such a policy. However, I will say that proving that contract language really does constitute a clear and unmistakable waiver of the right to bargain can be really pretty difficult. 
especially when the issue is brought before an NLRB that has a majority of Democrat members, which is what the NLRB now has. And then it's also possible for an employer to make an argument that the union waived its right to bargain over vaccine mandates if there's an established past practice of the employer unilaterally implementing workplace policies that are similar to a vaccine mandate. But, you know, proving that such a mandate really is similar to past unilaterally implemented policies and or that the, the past practice is robust enough to truly constitute a waiver by the union would likely be very difficult. So in my opinion, I think it's relatively unlikely that many collective bargaining agreements contain waiver clauses that would encompass the implementation of vaccine mandates, especially for employers outside of the healthcare industry. And I think it's even more unlikely that many employers have established past practices that would support unilaterally implementing vaccine mandates. Yeah, probably not a lot of CBAs from the smallpox issues, you know, or scarlet fever or whatever was, you know, the last <laughs> every hundred years pandemic. So we talked about the full approval, the FDA's full approval of the Pfizer vaccine. Do you think that will affect labor's approach to the mandates, to vaccine mandates? I think it could. I think in a lot of cases, individuals' reluctance to get the vaccine has been based on the fact that none of the vaccines have full FDA approval. So, you know, I could see that, you know, sort of changing the calculus on the part of unions. And I could also see that, you know, now that the Pfizer vaccine has full approval, I could see some unions taking the position that the only vaccine that an employer can potentially mandate is the Pfizer vaccine, as opposed to any of the others. Got it. Yeah. I've sort of seen that unions are a bit split on the vaccine mandate issue. Why do you think that is? You know, I think a lot of it probably comes from a desire on the part of unions to placate their members and the fact that within any given union's membership base, there are widely differing views about the vaccine and whether employees should be required to get it. And I think, you know, many unions feel obligated to protect employees who don't want to be subject to mandatory vaccination policies. I do also want to note that back in June, Teamsters General President Jim Hoffa actually published a piece titled, COVID-19 Vaccine Offers Freedom, so do your part to help. In the article, he implored people to get vaccinated. That said, Teamsters locals around the country have generally taken the position that employers are required to bargain over any vaccine mandates before implementing them. And then also in a recent debate between the two candidates for the next Teamsters General President, both candidates unequivocally stated that workplace vaccination requirements are subject to bargaining. So that's, you know, their perspective on the matter. And while both of them personally supported vaccination, they also stressed the importance of employee choice and expressed that they would oppose employer policies that threaten to put members who refuse to become vaccinated out of work. Yeah, and I understand neither of those candidates is a Hoffa, so it's probably about 100 years since that has happened for the Teamsters as well. <laughs> But you mentioned the locals, and I, I've read that at least one local has challenged an employer vaccine mandate in court. Can you tell us a little bit about that case? Like, what's the union's real concern there? To me, it seems like maybe it's bargaining power as opposed to the actual underlying mandate itself. Yeah, so Teamsters Local 743 here in Chicago recently filed a lawsuit in federal court in Chicago against a pension fund employer challenging the employer's vaccine mandate. And so in the lawsuit, the Teamsters are claiming that the employer violated the applicable collective bargaining agreements when it implemented a policy requiring employees to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. So more specifically, that Teamsters Local is claiming that the employer promulgated the policy, the union then demanded to bargain, the parties met several times in an attempt to bargain, but the employer was unwilling to negotiate over the mandatory nature of the policy. The employer then implemented the policy, the union filed grievances protesting the policy, and the employer has refused to engage in expedited arbitration to resolve those grievances. 
So what the Teamsters are doing, they're seeking an injunction preventing the employer from implementing any part of the policy until an arbitrator has ruled on the issue. So you're right. I mean, it seems like the union's real concern here is mostly about protecting its collective bargaining rights, its, its power under the applicable contract. Got it. Yeah, makes sense. What should employers with unionized workforces keep in mind as they look to develop their vaccine programs? Yeah, you know, I would say that because this is an area that has quite a bit of, of legal risk and uncertainty, um, unionized employers that are contemplating mandatory vaccination policies should strongly consider consulting with Labor Council before taking any action in this area, just because there are so many landmines that you could potentially step into. So it's always good to you know, kind of get that extra sure. check. Yeah. And, and I should say we're both available for those calls. You know, if you need us. <laughs> What about non-unionized employers? What should they keep in mind around these programs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that non-unionized employers should consider how instituting a vaccine mandate might affect any union avoidance strategy that they might have. I mean, specifically when employees feel as though their employer isn't listening to their concerns or adequately communicating with them, they're more likely to turn to labor unions for help. So I would suggest that non-unionized employers really think about sort of the contours of any vaccine mandate that they might roll out and that they take the time to really communicate with their employees about it, keeping in mind that effective communication really is a, a two-way street. Yeah, I feel like that kind of circles back to your initial comments on Section 7 and sort of collective action, right? People start to sort of coalesce around an issue and, and you may wind up with a unionizing effort. That's exactly right. So Ashley, we definitely appreciate your thoughts on these timely issues. Thanks to everyone for listening and please keep your ears out for additional Policy Matters podcast episodes, including content concerning vaccines and workplace safety and vaccines and the splits among state and federal approaches to these mandates. CIFAR's website has an incredible amount of COVID-related resources for you to check out. And should you have any questions, as we said, please contact your friendly neighborhood CIFAR attorney for assistance. Thanks a lot.